Welcome to the Wilds Cast. In this episode, Rabbi Wilds speaks with Sivan Nahav Meir. She is a celebrated media personality and lecturer. She works for Israel TV News, writes a column for Yediat Aronach newspaper, and hosts a weekly radio show on Galel Zahal. Her lectures on the weekly tour portion are attended by hundreds, and the live broadcasts attract thousands more listeners throughout the world. We hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Okay, we are live. Welcome to the Wildscast MGE's podcast. I am so uh, feel so honored to have Sivan Rachav Meir, someone who I have gotten to know and become a huge fan of. For those of you unfamiliar, first of all, welcome Sivan. Thank you for being here. Shalom, shalom from Yerushalayim. Thank you very much. This is such an honor, and I know it's night and it's day for us, so we appreciate the uh, extending yourself to make this happen. So, for those of you unfamiliar, Sivan. Rachav Meir is a media personality and lecturer. She is married to a wonderful guy named Nadidja, who I've had the honor of meeting. They live in Yerushalayim, parents to five children. Sivan works for Israeli TV News. She writes a column for Yediot Achronot, which is one of the top newspapers in Israel. She hosts a weekly radio show on the army radio, Galait Sahal, and her lectures, her weekly Torah lectures um, on the Parsha of the Week are attended by hundreds She's got a live broadcast, which attracts thousands more listeners throughout the world. She lectures in Israel, overseas. We had the honor of hosting Sivan at MJE when she spent a year uh, in New York. She was voted by Globe's newspapers, the most popular female media personality in Israel, and by the Jerusalem Post as one of the 50 most influential Jews in the world. Wow. Welcome, Sivan. Thank you for being here. Wow. Thank you for exaggerating. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just reading the bio. This is all here. This is this is real. So tell us, was was being a popular female media personality um, in Israel a personal or cultural breakthrough for you and for the country at large? Mm, uh, do you want to hear the truth? I mean, uh, to be honest, as as an Israeli, you know, we have a word in Hebrew, dugrit, to speak dugrit, straightforward. Uh, no, oh, Hashem, thank God, no. Israel is a d- democratic uh, country. It's not like Iran, you know. Sometimes people see us like a very close, primitive place where, wow, you're a woman and a journalist. And uh, no, I think uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was natural. I was really curious as a young uh, girl. And I, I asked questions since I was five or six. And I still ask questions. Now they pay me to, in order to ask them. Tonight it's rare. It's really unique. I'm going to answer your questions. Usually I ask the questions, but okay, let's. Uh, these are the rules for tonight. But no, in Israel, women are. You know, uh, I, I hope your listeners and uh, the people who are watching us uh, can visit and, and see uh, uh, how Israel looks like. And uh, uh, for me, as I said, completely natural. Well, listen, Israel was one of the first Western countries to have a female prime minister. And so I yeah. guess having a, um, a media... But my brother from America, you, she was born and raised uh, in, in yeah. your side yeah. <laughs> of the world. So tell us a little about that journey. I, I know that you, you just mentioned that you started uh, getting involved in interviewing people already as a child. How did that happen? Um everything started uh, because I felt like a failure, seriously, like a loser. I mean, uh, um, everything I tried to do came out awful, catastrophe. 
Uh, all the girls were cool, you know, they had those cool hobbies in the afternoon, activities, dancing, playing the flute, playing the guitar, arts and crafts. And I was really, I was miserable. I was always chasing after, I was always after them. And for the first time, when we learned how to read and write, the Aleph Bet, the holy Hebrew language, you know, the, the, the letters, Aleph Bet Gimel, it was like a magic, like Harry Potter, you know, like something for the first time, you know, I realized I can read and write. And that's what I did constantly because for the first time I was better than others. It's really a sweet feeling, you know. I even remember the, the bitter taste and when I was like five or six and the sweet taste when I became like seven and I was reading and writing and everyone were like, you know, taking uh, my homework and tests and I was writing to the whole class, everything they needed. I was the, the writer of the class. And then I became the writer of the kids magazine that was published, you know, uh, back then in Israel and all the kids that subscribed, you know, they, I, I became like a celebrity. I was reading and writing, uh, uh, you know, I, and then I interviewed famous people. I, I started with the kids in my class. I interviewed all of them. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I, I didn't, um, I wasn't familiar with the words Tselem Elohim. We are all created in the image of God, Tselem Elohim. Now, I grew up secular, but um, I realized back then, whenever I, I interviewed uh, one of the boys or the girls in my class, I realized they're really unique, you know, one of a kind, like, it's it's not like, it's there's no copy-paste when it comes to human beings. And it, for the first time, I realized what it means, Tselem Elohim. I didn't have that, I didn't have that, that expression. But yeah, it was like realizing people are really interesting and fascinating. And then I interviewed a famous, here in Israel, people know and me what, since uh, I was eight. What would yeah. you do with these interviews? I mean, you're five, six, seven <laughs> years old. I mean, you, you wrote things down, you told people, did you have a, what, what, how, how did you publicize the interview? Um, there was a very popular uh, kids magazine here. It was called Chupar. Chupar is like a gift, a treat, something mm -hmm. you give someone, Chupar. So they published the first interviews, really exclusive headlines. You know, one of the girls in our class, they, they adopted a dog. So there was a huge headline, you know, Karen and the dog, everything you want to know about Rexy. That was the, the headline. <laughs> And afterwards, someone was collecting stamps or, you know, napkins. And these were the scoops during the 90s. But then they invited me to the Israeli TV. Mm. Uh, we, had only, we had only one channel until the 90s. And then they opened Channel 2, Channel 6, the kids' channel. It was, And I was there. The timing was perfect. And they invited me, like, twice a week to interview, like, famous, uh, really important people. Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin of blessed memory, wow. our foreign, foreign minister Shimon Perez of blessed memory, and also the Power Rangers. Uh, I think <laughs> I should also add the of blessed memory, but the, <laughs> they were really cool and they came to Israel and I was interviewing them, you know, an exclusive interview. So that was my childhood and I became quite famous and quite successful and I found, you know, my niche. I still don't know how to dance or play the flute or cook, but uh, this is something I know. <laughs> what, what, what was the interview with Yitzhak Rabin? I just read another book about his life. Um, I interviewed him. Uh, it, was, it was, I mean, for me, the top. You know, he was the prime minister. Uh, I supported him because I, back then I was, you know, the left side of the political spectrum. So I really supported Oslo agreements. And uh, I thought it was like a, you know, like a, like a dream uh, interviewing the prime minister. And he was, he was killed. He was murdered, uh, I think, five or six weeks after that interview. So oh, we had... Yeah, that was like, for me, uh, as a young girl, it was the first time someone I met passed away. 
I mean, right. Right. without without even mentioning the fact it was it was the prime minister that I met someone, a very old, mature, mature person, and suddenly he's not here. And we had reruns afterwards, and we had so many like interviews about this interview up until today. I mean, they use it all the time. That this video because it was really an exciting evening with him. And you were how, how, and you were how old? How old were you? Uh, maybe ten. I don't remember. But yeah, That's before so this assassination, it must have been such a zechut, such a honor for you to have you know and a few uh, just a few months before he was killed that's, that's uh, wow yeah 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 for it was really meaningful sometimes i see i we just watched it together with the kids it was really weird uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, 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 this is but this is just one example because for me as a young girl you know many singers and celebrities and actors and and models that's what these were the you know the models we admired and I also interviewed interviewed them, so so that it became like I wasn't the celebrity; I was the one interviewing the celebrities. That right, was my, right. you know, my definition. And, and tell us a little. You mentioned that you came from a very secular background. Tell us about your spiritual journey. Uh, I remember when you spoke at MGE, um, you made a comment, and it really struck me. You said you had never met an observant Jew growing up in Israel. Yeah, I mean, is that yeah. true? And then if if and if you didn't, then how did you develop into the person that you are today? <laughs> yeah. So first of all, you mentioned MJE. Uh, I miss your empire. It was a such <laughs> a great evening, and such an really such an educational Jewish empire in the middle of Manhattan. It was fascinating. You're making me feel very strong by calling it an empire. It's good. It's really- <laughs> my ego, but thank you. Yeah. No, the, the, the students, everything you do there was really, we, we need you in it. Maybe you'll, you, you, uh, what about a branch in, in Israel? I think it is really needed. A hundred percent. And this is maybe, maybe this is the answer to your question because yeah, I didn't have an M, uh, MJE when I was uh, uh, a girl, a teenager, until, until the age of 15, I never met someone who is religious, what we call in Hebrew the T, orthodox, uh, from uh, keeps I don't know keep Shabbat or Kashrut. I never met someone uh, like it, and it wasn't you know in Memphis or or I don't know. It was here in in Israel, the Jewish state we built after two thousand years, and it's really sad. It's an maybe I, I maybe I, I don't want your listeners to know about the fact it's possible to live in Israel, and um, knowing almost nothing about your heritage and your religion and your identity. But that's the truth. What can I tell you? And, and at the age of 15, I, I first met uh, three religious girls, uh, three teenagers. They didn't have any center, M, M, MJE, nothing. Just normal, average religious girls, like modern Orthodox, the, the T girls. And I wanted to, inter- I, I said, let's have an interview. And they said, why? And I said, what do you mean? It's a scoop. Three religious girls uh, 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 were I don't know, revealed in the, in the state of Israel. They live in Israel. And like UFOs, for me, that was so weird. And then we, you know, I asked them questions, clueless questions, completely. I was awful. And they said, don't publish this interview because you know nothing. And I said, (laughs) okay, what do you suggest? I want this scoop. And they said two words that changed my life. They said, boy le Shabbat, come for Shabbos. Mm -hmm. So I came as as an investigative journalist to see those primitive people. What do they do? And I fell in love, and that was the beginning of my of my journey. You know, Shabbat is the base. Uh, I guess you you all know that already. And if you do not know it, please try it. Uh, I think it's uh, you know, it's our sanity. It's our it's everything. So that was the. And what happened when you went to those Shabbat meals? Like what what struck you about 
Did you go to a family? Did you go, you went with these girls to their families? Tell us a so little I about came, the experience. I, I came to the city of Beersheba. It's in, in, in the south of Israel, all the way from Herzliya, where I grew, grew up, uh, to, to Beersheba. I took the bus to Beersheba. And at, at first, everything looked strange. Uh, you know, I was on a mission. And everything they do, they they did, I saw it as a very weird, I would say, ancient uh, uh, tradition. Everything they did for me was a holy custom. For for example, I, I it's a very ancient tradition, you know, getting nervous 15 minutes before Shabbat. Did you do it in, in New York too? I guess you keep. Uh, I grew up in a German Jewish household, so we did it more than 15 minutes before Shabbat. <laughs> we had all Friday basically. <laughs> so yeah, I keep every every Friday. I keep doing it. You know, I shout at my husband, even if he didn't do anything. But I find a reason because that's what I saw, and it was weird. But afterwards, you know, today I appreciate that tension because it means something in, important is happening. You know, yes. Uh, yes. think of your wedding day or uh, your son's bar mitzvah day, or your, uh, you, you 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 something important is happening. So you're not just sitting there waiting. You know, for Shabbat, you 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 have many action items and things to do. So uh, that was the beginning. And Shabbat, I think you should touch and smell and and feel and and taste, and you understand the whole secret. For me, it was like the best gift I ever got, and I fell in love. I started keeping Shabbat. Wow! And I remember you were sharing these stories of these people who were very very strict in their religious observance. It was one kid asking her mom. I remember you said this: if she could eat cheesecake, and you're like. Why can't she eat cheesecake? And she starts counting on one hand, one, two, three, to see if she had enough hours between the last time I guess she ate meat until she got <laughs> dairy. And then there was somebody else who was very careful about not moving the uh, the muktza items that were on the Shabbat table. Wow. I guess you're a real Talmud Chacham because you remember everything. Oh, I, remember your, I remembered your talk. You were, you were amazing. But like, it's funny because some of those... Sometimes, you know, I send at MJE, we send a lot of our participants, besides us, my wife and I, and the other rabbis and their wives hosting people themselves, we send a lot of our participants out to other families. We've thankfully been able to reinstate that since since uh, uh, the Omicron, you know, uh, went down, thank God. But I'm always wondering, like, is that going to turn someone off? Is that going to inspire someone? But you seem to be inspired by their their devotion. Their, exactly. Yeah. What I want to say, and it's interesting, you mentioned the fact you send them uh, to those families with, uh, and you wonder what you never know, because some the same thing can be really impressive and really disgusting in the eyes of, of someone else. It's 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 fascinating to see because for me halacha, it looks like strict rules. Ah, it's not something so tempting. And for me, the fact they stopped, and as you mentioned, the fact they don't eat meat because they uh, milk because they uh, they ate meat and the fact they don't touch this and the fact they don't even talk about their plans on shabbat i always said okay so i will take the bus Shh, no no on shabbat it's like a separate island we don't plan you know we don't speak about the plans for motzei shabbat and for me i think everything we need now in this crazy world is boundaries and borders Look at that new game, new app. Have you heard of a uh, uh, Wordle? Do you play? It? I've, heard, I've you... heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, my friends are addicted, and the fact I just read, read a fascinating article explaining the fact Wordle is so um, successful is because it gives you one chance every day, and that's it. One mm -hmm. word. It's not the 
FOMO we always feel. It's not the feed. You scroll and it's endless. One, once a day. It's like, you, and, and this is what we need. We beg. That's what we want. Our soul wants those those borders, those, those rules, those boundaries. Look at that simple game. This is what people want. So so oh, that's what I wanted. I wanted to have Shabbat. And I, I loved Kiddush, you know, the beginning of Shabbat, the way we sanctify we hold this holy day. But I also, I was amazed by this concept of Havdalah. This is the end. And now we begin, you know, I, I'm a workaholic. Work. For six days, you, it's also mitzvah to work, to do something in this world, but then you stop. I love that. The concept was, it was invented for oh, no. me. Torah was given to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, clearly, but was it difficult then balancing becoming religious with being a journalist? Other other conflicts? Uh, I mean, I, I would imagine, I, I, there's so much journalism, at least in the United States, that, you know, when I grew up, there was like the lifestyles of the rich and famous, and there were a couple of, one or two shows where they just sort of gossiped about rich and famous people. Um, <laughs> but, but now it's very mainstream, you know, within journalism and media, like even like serious shows, you know, news stations are reporting on, you know, celebrities' personal lives. H how do you navigate that kind of thing as a religious yeah. woman? Yeah, it's a good question. We call it infotainment, you know, it's information and entertainment mixed together. It's not just the news about a Netanyahu or a Putin. You also have uh, that couple that divorced or remarried, or I don't know. Yeah, it's all uh, it, it it is mixed. Um, I I think for the first thing I did was the the maybe easier things, the technical things was working twenty four six instead of twenty four seven. I had uh, I was part of two shows on Shabbat, Friday night and Shabbat morning. Unfortunately, Israeli TV works twenty four seven, so I had to stop for one day. People thought I'm crazy, I'm lazy, I don't know. But I explained that new concept of 24-6. That was the easy part. I'm saying easy. It wasn't easy, but it was more, I would say, more simple to explain the rules. But now what? As you said, do I want to cover, you know, that th 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 they're dating now, okay? <laughs> Congratulations. I I'm, not, I'm not invited. Why, why should I cover? Now they're not dating. No, I don't think it's none of my business. I wasn't created to cover their dates, okay? Yeah, you know, celebrities in Israel, I, I won't mention the names because you have the same, you understand the concept. Now, I had to change, and that's the hardest part, or more complicated, more delicate uh, a part of, of tshuva, of becoming religious, I think. It's the, the words you choose, the questions you ask, the way you, the, the things you do not want to, to, to discuss, but also the things you do want to do. You know, we say on Tehillim, tov. It's easier to, okay, I will not do evil. I don't want to discuss, I don't want to use, this is not an item, okay? But being religious is not just saying no, you know? It's saying, yes, what do you want to cover? What new topics and new subjects do you want to bring in, into your studio? And that was creating, I think, a new language for me, understanding that the way I see, you know, they say that on the news every evening at eight, we say good evening, and then we prove to you for an hour why it's not a good one. <laughs> Good evening. Only bad things. I want to see uh, things in a more positive way, uplifting way. Uh, I'm still working on it. <laughs> right, right. But is it possible to be in the media without speaking lashon hara, saying ill, you know, speaking ill of other people? I mean, can you? In other words, um, I would imagine that you can't really just say I'm only going to cover serious issues. I'm not going to talk about celebrities. But you're saying you can do that. You just do it in a more appropriate way. 
Um, I think uh, at first it was really easy to uh, to to do so because I I, I asked to cover. I you know I don't want to cover reality shows anymore. I want to cover the Supreme Court. I want to cover Israeli elections. You know we have a lot of of that. You can cover the elections and that's it. So if you cover politics or what's going on in the the IDF, you know the uh, um, military. If you if you cover the Knesset, our parliament, it's not the Shonara. You you discuss current yeah. events. Yeah. But, but I think the next stage is covering Torah. And I think your question was really relevant like five or 10 years ago. And today you can create your own channels. No editors anymore. You are the editor. And my real boss is, is Zuckerberg. You know, I work for free. What can I tell you? But we all work for new me. If you call it new media, it means I work for old media. You know, if, if that's new media, what does it mean about the, where, the places mm. where I work? So immediately I, I, I discovered I, I have a way, not just covering politics in a nice way. No, I can cover the Parsha. I can cover the holidays. I can cover new things in a new way. I think um, new media gives us a huge opportunity to do new things and attract millions of people, you know, and that's also news. That's, that's how I see it. And people are listening. People are listening to the Parsha in Israel. People are interested in hearing what the Torah has to say about contemporary issues. That's the biggest scoop ever. Sometimes people ask me, what was your best scoop? I think this is the real scoop. Jews are interested in Judaism. If it's available and accessible, you know, I write short, like one short paragraph every morning. We call it the daily WhatsApp. I write it here in Yerushalayim. And we, Baruch Hashem, it is translated into 17 languages today. We have 17 communities uh, from uh, Spanish and Portuguese to Yiddish and and. Uh, English, of course, Russian. So yeah, people are interested. People want to know more about, about their identity. Non-Jews want to know more about Judaism, but it must be easy and you know comprehensive, something you understand. You give it one or two minutes. It's not for Rabbanim, for serious uh, uh, Torah scholars, for people who want to know more. Yeah, yeah, I'm amazed to see the, Baruch Hashem, the rating, the numbers. Uh, yeah, people are interested. That's incredible. How would you say the media, though, is different? Um, you know, in America, and I'm sure you know this, there's a lot of polarization on a lot of issues. And we've got our, you know, I guess our Fox people and our CNN people. Is it set up like that in Israel where, like, the more liberal take is on one channel or the more, um, is, or is it different there? We do not have our Fox yet. Uh, people try to open, like, the more conservative a channel, uh, uh, but uh, people always say, why why opening a, a TV channel today uh, when we're all on you know new media? People are on Instagram, TikTok. People are there. It's 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 funny to open a channel TV channel today when they're all on you know on, be there on their feed. So so this is the the question people always ask themselves here in the more right conservative I would say uh, uh, a part of the Israeli society. I do believe I, I follow, you know, what's going. Unfortunately, what's going on in, in in the states, and I do believe that in Israel things are better because we have a mutual story that still belongs to the majority of the Jews here, and um, I do believe it's 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 easier here. I was there, you know, for we lived there for a year, yeah, yeah. and I must tell you, things are healthier here. But still, new media creates that polarization and. I'm not, you know, I'm worried, but I'm I was more worried if I was there in New York. Let's say it this way. That's interesting. It's nice to hear that there's more of a 
unifying the story for the entire Jewish people in Israel because, you know, in America, I mean, I was thinking like you have think tanks, right? You have a left, more left-wing think tank. You have a more right-wing think tank. You have that in Israel too. I know some of those think yeah. tanks. But you're saying it's not really reflected in the media. The media tends to be to to be a little more left in Israel, I'm told. Yeah, um, definitely. So, but but you're saying people are the new media, people's feeds, and 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 so on and so forth. And and um, what would you say is the most pressing issue today in Israeli society, um, whether it's internal or foreign? I'm, I'm curious mm. what you think is the is really the pressing issue today. I think in Israel, ignorance outside of Israel, assimilation, and uh, maybe it's the same source. You know. Uh, we do not know enough about our our heritage, and without it, we're nothing. I mean, we're this startup nation, and it's good, and we have a great uh, 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 army, and it's great, and the economy, finance, high tech, everything, sports, Olympics, it's good. But the source, the core, the reason, this is the main thing I think we should strengthen here in Israel, and outside of Israel, um, I, I want to tell you maybe some, I'm not maybe I'm not supposed to say it because we were like world Mizrahi Shlichim and we came to Orthodox communities as Scotland residents. But it took me like three months to understand that I'm inside a bubble, a beautiful bubble, but it's a bubble of people who are engaged, committed, devoted, and good for you. But I want the majority of the Jews that are not here and you know, I went. I was uh, lecturing for a year. I worked for YU Stern College. It's a beautiful place, but what about the Jews that are not there? And we had so many projects with, with like you know, um, Mizrahi communities, modern Orthodox communities, and it's as I said, it, it's it's perfect. But this bubble, maybe you know, like what ten percent? How much? You know, if you look at uh, yeah, um, maybe US maybe ten to fifteen percent. It's a bubble. It's a, you 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 described it perfectly. It's mamash a bubble. And uh, you were in that bubble. They moved you around, and you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. No, they, they. You did an amazing job of that bubble. Needs to be energized. There's no question. Yeah, no, no. I loved our uh, the people who sent us from Israel, Rabbi Perez, Rabbi Targin. They understood what I said, and they said, "Okay, go." And we started so many projects with NCSY, Hillel, Chabad, IAC. I, unfortunately, you know, I discovered outside of this bubble so many unaffiliated Jews. You know, in Israel, they only tell us they are reformed. Conservative. I, I discovered the big uh, stream as, as the unaffiliated. They, they they couldn't care less. They're not. Yeah. They're, they don't most, know. Um, you know. Yeah. More most, than most conservative. I mean, there are there are still conservative reform Jews who are very committed to their conservative and reform temples and synagogues and ideologies. But most Jews today and the ones that MGE is basically running after, thankfully. Um, we just came back from a beautiful ski retreat in Vermont. We brought a whole beautiful group. Um, are really just not affiliated. They may have grown up going to a reform or conservative, but they're not really committed to that, you know, that to that movement or anything. They're really open. Exactly, exactly. I this I was shocked to see. You know, they're not against Orthodox people. They don't know and they want to hear. And right. unfortunately, I discovered outside of our beautiful bubble. I discovered many Israelis who come oh, to yeah. the states. You're, you're, are you familiar with that problem? And uh, yeah. just, they, Israelis, they Israelis. You know, we used to Simchat Torah at MGE used to be packed with Israelis before COVID, because 
actually before nine, this is going back oh, many, many years, before 9-11, we used to have um, West End Avenue, if you're familiar with the Upper West Side, West yeah. End Avenue from like 80th Street to 90th Street, like 10 good blocks, was packed with tens of thousands of Jewish people. And I would say a third were Israeli because it was their one day of the year that they really came out and they wanted to express themselves as Jews. And, um, you know, I, I'm walking in the city all the time. I'm hearing my brothers and sisters from Israel speaking Hebrew. They're all here. Um, and sometimes it's a little easier to engage an Israeli in New York than it is in Tel Aviv because they uh, are feeling a little out of sorts and they're feeling like they're not in their home. They need to do something Jewish. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of, thankfully, a lot of wonderful Israelis coming around. So going back to the original question, you think the yeah. number one pressing issue in Israel is, is um, you use the word assimilation. And no, uh, ignorance, I think here in Israel is, is more knowledge, and outside of Israel, assimilation. Yeah. Uh, here, yeah. here in Israel, just Jewish, not, I mean, learning basic Jewish values, as I said, I was I was 15 when I first met someone who is Dati. When I I saw a sidur for the first time, a sitter for the first time in my life at the age of 15. That's not a normal situation. That's not the reason we came back to build a Jewish state after two, after 2,000 years. And, and would you say that the support for Israel from American Jews or non-Jewish support from Israel the last couple of years, let's say within COVID? Do you think it's gone up, down, stayed the same? Curious your thoughts. Wow. Uh, first of all, I think, um, I don't know, after COVID, everything changed. You know, someone just mm -hmm. said to me today, we should say BC, before COVID. It's a new era. I mean, uh, it's something, I, I'm, you know, it, we're still in the middle of that pandemic. It didn't really disappear in Israel or in the States. So it's hard to say, because I think your communities, I guess, We'll have to, you know, rebuild themselves. People are still, maybe you work with young people, but older people or people who are really not connected, we should draw them back in. It's, it's they, they disappeared. My husband says he davens three times a day during COVID when there was a lockdown. Three out here, outside that window on the street, you know, they were standing there 10 or 20 men. But he said, it's just us, the, the more from members of that minion. But half of that minion disappeared, you know. And it's it's essential, not just that prayer, the kiddush on Shabbat, you know, that kiddush club, that speaking, knowing together, eating with other families. We should really work hard in order to rebuild, you know, all those circles of identity and connection. So maybe our communities, you will need, you know, to to invest things, you know, in in in, a, in an inner way. But I don't know. I do see a lot of of of, of support from from the states. I mean, and but you know, on the other hand, I know how much you miss Israel. Because for two two years the gates are yeah. most of the time locked and the bureaucracy is crazy and the policy is not good because you are our brothers and sisters and you are left outside of our it's it's your home too and you 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 know it's it's your home and it's empty. It I know very, how much very, yeah, it was very very difficult. This was probably the longest period of time I was separated from Israel. And I have two boys there, and it's it's difficult. It was very, very difficult. The government was, like, really tough. Uh, and I, I understand they had to do what they had to do. You know, tell me, has it been challenging to, you know, you've combined so many different roles in your life. And I love how, Sivan, I love on your bio. Usually on people's bios at the end, they say married with a bunch of kids. You're, you're married with a bunch of kids is the first line of your bio. 
<laughs> okay, which I really respect. But has it been challenging to navigate the role of being a mother and an established professional and a religious woman? You know, and maybe you can share any uh, advice or guidance to a lot of the aspiring, um, you know, women that are listening to this that want to go on to, you know, MG's mostly 20s, 30s singles. But most of the people I think are looking to get married, to have a family, to bring more Judaism into their life, and to be a successful professional. What would you say to them to help them combine all of these different these roles? I think that's real, the real Jewish revolution today, because the tools it gives you when it comes to the relationship between a man and a woman, the relationship between working and, or, or Shabbat. The way you treat money, you know, you earn, but you still give tzedakah. All those borders I I, I, uh, I, I discovered, uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, the things you say and you do not say. Judaism, uh, uh, we, you know, we live in this world, we want to be successful and active, but we do have those things that, that uh, you know, that in a way, um, we never forget who we are. And I think it's a much healthier way to build your house and to educate, you know, the next generation. One tip maybe, but I, I think Shabbat is not, it's not just for your soul, it's for you as, as a couple and definitely as a family. I also believe in a way the feminist revolution, something here is not fair because today as women, we should be the best always everywhere, okay? We should have a family plus have a great career plus be a great mother, a great woman, a wife, a great everything. And we should also work for Instagram, okay? It's a new career, a new job. We all have now a new mission. And it's, it's, it's crazy, you know. Oh, and everything we do should be very, like, external. You know, when I was a teenager, we used to ask uh, if a tree falls in the middle of the night, the middle of the forest, and nobody here, was there really a sound if no one was there to, to listen? That was a philosophical question we used to ask. Today, I think the new philosophical question is, if two girls, they went to the mall, but they didn't upload a photo, did they really go? I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure they were there because nothing was... Everything you do is public. And if you go, he takes you, you know, a date, anniversary, the kids. The, I think halakha today, it's a revolutionary concept and it will help you because everything becomes so external and you must have something that is just yours. It forces you to have intimacy. And I think it's it's the best tip I can give to, you know, any woman or, or man and women and men who want to be together and, you know, for, for life, Bezrat uh, Hashem. It's... Um, I, I believe Shabbat, it's like a startup and the world didn't discover it yet. I mean, it's, a, it's a, they still don't know the secret. Are you saying Shabbat, Shabbat is a way you're suggesting of us being able to have that sni'ut and that modesty and that closing off the rest of the world, which we're so desperate to have. You know, you have all these companies have these detox uh, opportunities where you, you take your phone and put it in a black box. They charge a lot of money for it. We've been telling people to do this for years you know, in Shabbat, but what else can, you know, it, it's it's true that you've been thrust into a very public role, and the goal of Judaism is not necessarily to be public. Uh, um, yeah, I want to mention a book called The 40-Day Challenge, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, what you did, but you know, many writers today are speaking about the process. I think it's the key word today, the process, because everything should be right here, right now. I want to be, you know, Everything is, you know, a story disappears after 24 hours. Our story is essential, you know, thousands of years. And that book, I loved it. I read it during the month Thank of Belul. I was part of the, I was part of the WhatsApp group. I think it gives you the, 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 you know, how the, the, the taste of 
of the process. And Judaism believes in, you know, it's the long, it's not a, it's a marathon. And, and yeah, you, you, and it's not, as, as you said, it's not something public. If you learn Torah, you should invest the, every day. It's something you built. And if you want to change your midot, you know, characteristic, the way you, you behave to be more polite, it's not something you change in a minute. It's not like on off button. It's, 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 it's a process. And we're all, life is a process. Unless you do not understand, you don't want to build, you know, your inner, you know, to, to, to improve yourself. But I think development, that's uh, that's the real challenge. So it's not a 40-day challenge. It's the 120 years challenge, okay? Yeah. That's the real process. And if you join that, you know, uh, uh, that marathon, I think you, you, even if you lose, you know, I, I once heard it was in London, a shul in London. They had that slogan on, on the wall. They said, what is a good Jew? A good Jew always tries to be a better Jew. I mm. loved it. Yeah, let's try. Um, and you're saying that cannot happen overnight. That's a process. That has to happen exactly. little by little. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Um, Sivan, if there's any other Torah that you would like to share before we finish up, uh, I'm a big, big fan of your daily. How does somebody find out about your daily uh Torah that you do every uh, morning. You can Google my name, Sivan Ravmeir. Uh, I have an inter internet site, sivanravmeir.com in English and Hebrew. And you can definitely subscribe for free, the daily WhatsApp, not just for those who get like 10 uh, Divrei Torah every day. Ask, search for those who do not get anything. We have, you know, people in, in, in Ukraine. We just opened uh, 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 someone from Ukraine, started translating it for the community there, you know? Wow. And then people asked me, oh, People said you're not objective. I said no, no. We have it in Russian too, and we, you know, <laughs> we want we want both translations to be to be successful. But maybe, maybe, yeah. If you want something, I just heard a beautiful, beautiful idea um, from uh, um, from Alan Sachs, is the brother of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who just just passed away. I think he left us a huge mission of you know, um, uh, I, I would say educating and, and sharing that that mutual story. It's a word he always used. The story. Are you a part of this story? Do you want do you want to write your own chapter in our story? So Alan, he lives here in Yushalayim, Alan Sachs. Um, okay, I heard a story and I shared it with Ellen and he added something. I heard this story. I think it's a beautiful one. Uh, Rabbi Sachs used to ask, okay, what is the most popular question people ask me? What is the question people ask me, you know, the most uh, about Torah and science, Torah and new media? I don't know, Christianity, religion, Judaism, what? And he said, you know, the question I hear the most is, Rabbi Sachs, do you remember me? <laughs> I think it means a lot. People just want him to remember, do you remember me? I'm Moshe, I'm Danny, I'm Michael, I, I met you here, I saw you there, I heard you. Do you remember me? And he said, people are not interested in knowledge, academic or, or, or philosophical or, or, or Jewish knowledge. They, they want to be remembered. I shared that story with Alan. I asked him, is it true? Can I quote the story? And he said, yes. My, my brother shared it with me many times, but he added something else. Parashat Naso, Birkat Kohanim. The Kohanim, they blessed the, the, the priests, they blessed the, the nation, the Am, Am Yisrael. And it, 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 it's in a very intimate, personal way. Yevarechecha Hashem veyishmerecha. Hashem will bless you. He will guard you. He wants you. He loves you. And Ellen said, his brother said, said, this is also the most important question we ask God, we ask Hashem, do you remember me? 
This is what mm -hmm. we want him to remember us. It's not just Ben Adam Lachavero, okay, between us and other human beings. Do you remember me? We want to be remembered. It's also between Adam Lamakom, we and, and him, we want him to remember us. So mm -hmm. I wish, you know, all of us to be remembered here and there, Bezrat Hashem, and have uh, much better years after, after, uh, after those two pandemic years. And see you, Bezrat Hashem, uh, in MJE or in Yerushalayim. In Yerushalaym, Bezrat Hashem. Thank you. That's a beautiful piece of Torah, and I've never heard anything quoted from Rabbi um, Alan Sachs, his yeah. brother. And that's a really beautiful because that's one of the most fundamental principles of Judaism that Hashem knows our name and cares about us and isn't just concerned with the big things in the world. That was famously the machloka, the debate between Maimonides, the Rambam, and Aristotle, because Aristotle believed in Hashkacha in God's providence, but over all society, not individual hashgacha. And that's one of the things that Maimonides could not accept from his teacher, from Aristotle, because Judaism believes so much in a personal uh, acknowledgement and providence of God over, over people. That's a very, very fun, that's a very powerful idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, I, I and hope it's okay to thank you just for, you know, your, fa your whole family. I mean, uh, I came to speak at your center because of your your dear mother's yurtzeh. And I met your legendary father with the Lennon stories. And your brother, the lawyer, the mayor, helped me with the visa. Otherwise, you know, that was part of our shlichut. That's the reason that we succeeded with American policy to, to enter the United States. So the Wilds family, thank you from Yerushalayim. We read your different Torah. We listen to you in Yerushalayim. So thank you for, for the opportunity to... I, we, I didn't see you for two years, but th I thank know, you for, all, for everything. It's, it's such an honor to know you, and Hashem should continue to bless you with tremendous success. You're making such a huge Kiddush Hashem, and you really are just such a role model for women all over the world, Jewish and non-Jewish. Thank you so much, Tivan. Really thank appreciate you. it. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Wilds Cast. Subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. If you haven't already, please leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. It only takes a minute, and when you do it, it helps others discover the show. Music from today's episode comes courtesy of Yosef Wilds. For more information about the Manhattan Jewish Experience, please visit our website at jewishexperience.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again for joining us.